Hello, this is your host, Sonata Allison, and welcome back to the Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. Hello, everybody. Hope you're having a wonderful day, night, and midday. Um, as you guys can see, we'll be talking about single motherhood. And I, if you guys have already been with the podcast for a while, you've seen that I did an episode on single fatherhood. And that episode was episode 60, if you guys want to check that out. Um, I think that was a pretty cool opportunity to talk to a single father. I don't think we really hear their perspective often. Um, but now I have a single mother that will be talking about her journey, her experience of that process. So my heart's desire is just for people to know that regardless of the decisions we make, the Lord can make beauty out of whatever circumstance that we land ourselves in or other people put us in. So talk to Shelly about her experience. And I think regardless of you being a single mother, I think it's important to hear other people's experiences and, you know, we all make decisions that we shouldn't make. And I think it's helpful to hear how the Lord redeems someone's situation. Um, I think it's beautiful how open she is about like, yeah, I did make a decision I shouldn't have made, but my choice was to come back to Christ. And, you know, it was the best thing that I, the best choice that I could have ever made. So I um, actually met Shelly through one of my friends and now we are friends. So that's what we'll be talking about today. So let's, before we get into it, Let's see what the trending episodes are today. Oh, single fatherhood. <laughs> wow, that's pretty funny that it's literally trending. Um, I think I might know who, who watched that. It might be Shelly. That's kind of funny. Um, okay, so single fatherhood is one. Um, 98, masturbation and self-soothing was another one. That episode was a hit, as I thought it would be. So go back and listen to that one. Um, How to Love, episode 91. Episode 34, Are Your Expectations Healthy? Episode 96, Don't Forsake Your Influence. Also, just want to welcome all the listeners from... Megan's Instagram she recently shouted me out because she did like a um I guess a full Q&A on sex and such so she was telling the people to come over here so Megan Joy today if you came from her uh Instagram welcome glad to have you <laughs> and if you have any questions for me I know some people are not comfortable answering in Q&As but if you want to DM me um, my DMs are always open and I was only going to share this on the, on Instagram, but I realized I need to start telling you guys things that are happening. So let me look this up really quick. As you guys know, in last week's episode, I not last week, but last episode, I said, <laughs> like, if any of the guys listening want to tell me how, you know, the conversation or hearing about their cycle, uh, like affected them I was like DM me then I was like I don't know if you want to do that but one of the guys did DM me and he said hey Sonata the scientific segment about men's productivity at extreme early hours 4 30 for me let alone the entire 98 episode I can I read entire episode 98 did help thanks for sharing unwanted on order soon so I love when you guys reach out to me and let me know how the episode affected you and as y'all know, we are very positive about men, positive about women here. So 
I'm glad that I have a, a cool amount of guys that are listening that will even respond to me via DM, like how grateful they are for this podcast. So very odd thing to wrap my mind around, but so grateful that the Lord has allowed me to have this platform and talk to you guys, help you guys out. So those are the trending episodes. Let's see who is listening today. All right. Number one is the United States. Number two is Canada. And number three is Kenya again. I don't, is it normal? I don't know if it's normal that I've seen Can, Canada up here so high, but praise them. And then number four is the UK. So you guys need to pick it up. You know, you're supposed to be my top three always, but that is everyone who is listening today. Um, without further ado, um, I do want to announce that I will be telling you guys something pretty cool in next week's episode. So not next week, but the week after. So stay tuned for that. Alrighty, let's get right into it. Hey, Shelly, how are you doing today? Hello, hello. I am wonderful. How about yourself? I'm also doing well. Thank you for asking. So as you guys can see, this is a episode about single motherhood. And obviously, Shelly is a single mother. Um, so I wanted to bring her on to talk about her experience of the whole process before and after. Um, as you guys know, I talked about in the intro a little bit about like some statistics about single motherhood. Obviously, it's not the easiest thing to take on. Um, <laughs> and Shelly will be talking more about that. So I just wanted to kind of get the before story. So how did you get to the point of being in a relationship with him? And then we'll kind of go from there. Yes. Hi, everyone. I want to first off by saying thank you so much for inviting me. I think this is an extremely important topic and hopefully it will be a blessing to so many women and others can be enlightened. And if I performed, created, executed a goal by making sure that there's at least one person who doesn't have to repeat the same mistakes I did. Hey, I think I did a great job. So <laughs> that's my primary purpose is to make yeah. sure I like and help others so that they don't have to make the same mistakes as I did. Yeah, that's good. All right. So let's get to the, let's get to the story. Okay. <laughs> yes. So I'm not from Florida and I had relocated. And while during my relocation process, I was trying to find, meet new friends, loneliness creeped in, mm. little form of anxiety, stress. And what did I do? I went on Tinder, you know. Ah, that'll get I, you. That <laughs> will get you. I went on Tinder thinking that, you know what, hopefully I'll just find anybody, somebody that can mm -hmm. just help satisfy my cravings of human interactions, mm -hmm. especially uh, during the nighttime, if you get my drift. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, as a child of God, you have to be careful what you find because Satan will love to present itself and you may find something that could be a detriment to yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what I did. Unfortunately, my child father, we were in a relationship at first. But the moment he learned that I was pregnant and I did not want to proceed with an abortion, he literally abandoned me. Mm. And he abandoned me while I was pregnant. And we're still really going through the process of abandonment too yeah. with my child. So I would say for synopsis purposes, what really drove me and got me into the relationship, first of all, is not waiting on the Lord. 
is trying to take matters in my own hands and thinking that I knew what's be- what was better for my life instead of God. So being impatient, also uh, tampering, having loneliness as well, and just suffering from lack of connection, human connections and interactions. And just, again, like I said before, taking matters in my own hands. Yeah. And that also reminds me, I want to kind of go back a little further. Um, what was like the sex talk with you when you were younger? What was that conversation like if it did happen? whether it be like in home or in the church? My parents, well, my father, unfortunately, we didn't really discuss sex too much at all, but my mother did, but she did so in a fearful manner. Like if you Mm. get pregnant, you guys are going to get kicked out. We're not going to assist you. We're not going to help you. Mm -hmm. So she was, she did have an open door policy. I would say, you know, we were able to discuss if I wanted to discuss various sexual activities that I had had, my mother wasn't as judgmental as far as thinking that we're just the ultimate center or whatnot. My mother, my frame was just, I don't want you to just struggle. Okay. And so it happens so much. It's an apparent problem with single motherhood. If you can just avoid it so you would not have to follow in and make the same mistakes as a lot of women and just raising a child by yourself. Okay. Okay. So how do you feel like that, like conversation or maybe lack thereof, like the more depth in-depth conversation affected like promiscuity for you? It did in a sense, as far as, you know, I didn't per se have that engaging conversation with my parents when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I unfortunately had other people who taught me sex that was in the protective parameters of my parents. So yes, unfortunately the questions, the ongoing conversation and the in-depth dialogue that I really needed from them, especially from my father, getting a male perspective about things, Mm -hmm. it never transpired. Okay. So when you say you got it from other places, like, was it school? Was it like kids at church? How, where'd you get it from? Yes. The community definitely taught me about okay. sex. Uh, school did for sure. School mm-hmm. and even being raised in church, I have to say church as well taught me and informed me about the dangers of sex. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even with these external sources, such as my family and church and the lack of being educated in some sense, I still made the the mistake on my own. So I I most certainly would take accountability and responsibility for my actions. Yeah. And you know what? It's, I think a lot of people in your situation are really quiet when it comes to accountability, not to shame anybody, but I think it's important to like meet people and know like, okay, they definitely know that this probably wasn't the best decision for them. They understand it affected their relationship with the Lord, their relationship with themselves. Um, so it's like a breath of fresh air to hear you say like, I need to tell everybody, hey, this ain't for you. There's another way. <laughs> so I just want to honor you and like saying like, that's awesome that you're able to just be honest and be like, yeah, I definitely shouldn't have done this, but you know, God still works. Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, one of my favorite quotes from my apostle is there is protection in the principle. Mm. And I know sometimes people view the Bible as just a lot of a set of rules and regulations and laws and lists of what you cannot and cannot can or cannot do. Mm -hmm. But 
the more I'm studying his word, the more I am enlightened by the Holy Spirit, I realize, you know what? That's the reason why he said he's so against uh, sexual immorality and having sex outside of marriage. It's not so much that God doesn't want us to enjoy ourselves, but he knew on the other side of that fence, this heartbreak. Mm-hmm. On the other side of that fence, there's struggles. They're on the other side of that fence. It's so much emotional distress and turmoil that I could have easily avoided if I had yeah. just waited on the Lord. Two months ago, I had lost my dog. Uh, my dog died. You know, mm. I had him for over, yeah, 13 years or so. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it was a devastating loss. Mm-hmm. But the problem with my dog is we, my mother and I, because we were, I went back to Indianapolis and I assumed that she knew my mother was outside doing gardening work. And I assumed that she knew that the dog was out in the gate as well. But she was on the phone. And for some reason, we both communication just got disconnected. She Mm -hmm. assumed that I assumed she knew that the dog was outside. She didn't hear me when I told him that he was. But anywho, so she opened the gate and my dog got away. He ran away. And because the gate was open. Unfortunately, we found his body the next day, literally, and his he was beheaded. Oh, my gosh. So we're under the assumption that a dog, another bigger dog, must have just tore him into pieces Jeez. or whatnot. But that scenario stuck with me because if my dog would have just stayed in that fence, he would have still been alive, probably. That's the same way God's principles are. If he tells us not to do something, not so that we don't enjoy ourselves, is that there is danger on on the other side of that fence. Yeah. There is so much, like I said before, so much emotional distress that I could have avoided Mm -hmm. if I just was obedient to the Lord. I knew better, but I didn't do better. I allowed my emotions and my loneliness to drive me outside of the will of the Lord. Mm -mm -mm. That's good. Ooh, can you say that quote again? There's protection in the principle. There's there's protection within the principles, and that was quoted by Dr. Mark T. Jones Sr. Yeah, that's a good quote. Yeah, man, that is so true. And that's literally why I started this podcast and I continue it because it's not about me just saying, like, I don't want to throw scripture at people and tell people, like, don't seek pleasure because we're literally built for pleasure. But within the confines of what God creates for us. Why? Because there is um, spiritual heartbreak, emotional heartbreak, um, physical heartbreak that comes when we step outside of God's protection for us. So there's so much sadness that happens. And I like my heart's desire is just that people would be able to avoid that at all costs. So um, that's completely in line with what you were saying. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. So can you kind of walk us through the beginning stage of, like you said, abandonment? What did I actually look like practically, like if we were to see you? Just imagine me with carrying a baby in my womb and literally he did not accompany me to any ultrasounds. He never came over after I informed him that I was pregnant. He was in New Jersey at the time. And once I informed him, hey, you know, I'm pregnant, and he tried to convince me to abort my baby. Mm-hmm. Yes, we. he never accompanied me. He never wow. checked in on me. He never communicated with me whatsoever. I was under the impression that he probably wouldn't be there at the birthing of my child. 
it was my mother who literally reached out to him like, hey, and it was this was right before I was to deliver my child. Okay. My mother uh, reached out to him and said, hey, you know, Lachelle is due. He didn't even know what the gender was. Yeah. Mm. I, I would almost say maybe a month before I delivered he found out what the gender was for my of our child. Mm. So, yes, my mother reached out and said, hey, do you not realize that Lachelle is pregnant with your child and she's due at any minute? And my mother, again, my family's from Indiana, so my mother had to reach out to him just in case there was some type of emergency purposes if I went into delivery before term. So my mother just wanted to make sure that he was aware that there's a possibility that he is needed to at least <laughs> accompany me or to drive me to the hospital. Yeah. So that's when he started communicating with me again. And as, but there were so many months that transpired that we lost, you know, I don't know if it was more so of him being angry with my decision with keeping my child or he just can, couldn't fathom the fact that he was about to be a father. Mm-hmm. But even though he had the privilege, in a sense, to not continue with being in my life while I was bearing his child, I didn't. So yeah. I made a conscious effort to God that no matter what my circumstances was, to make sure that I still prayed over my womb, I still sought the face of the Lord, regarding to my child purpose and her destiny and the plan that he has for her life mm-hmm. and to make sure that I was emotionally healthy and stable because despite of the circumstances of her father and I still children are truly gifts of God. So I didn't want to have the mind frame that of just being bitter and being extremely mad and vexed at God because After all, it was a decision that I had made on my own. Mm -hmm. So it was more of a self-inflicted decision Mm. instead of actually being mad at the Lord. So in the midst of it all, I really did just try to create an atmosphere within my mind that was just pleasing to the Lord, honoring him. And I can't tell you how many times I prayed over my womb. I can't tell Mm -hmm. you how many times I read scriptures and I spoke over her life as well, manifested words in her life and her destiny and ensuring that despite of the circumstances between her father and I, that she still will be raised as a child should go so that when she gets older, she won't depart from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I think it's good that you point out, yes, it was self-inflicted, but there are so many people in the Bible who self-inflict, you know what I'm saying? There are people out here, yeah. you know, self-inflicting, but who like, yeah. David, I always remember, I talk about him in my sessions so often because this man was really out here living his worst life, you know, (laughs) just doing whatever he wanted to do. But the Bible still says what? He was a man after God's own heart. How is that true? Because he always came back to Christ, always repented, always wanted to be close to his father, even when he was out here doing whatever he wanted to. Um, I think it's beautiful that you were able to turn around and be like, you know what? Yes, I'm taking accountability for the decision I made. Um, I do know that this was, this was self-inflicted, but I know that God has not left me and he will still be here for my daughter, for my womb. Um, and I think it's beautiful that you turn, you, you turn towards Christ, but what was that process like for you? Was it like easy? Was it like something you had to, you know, constantly come back to, or, you know, was it like kind of simple for you? Well, I had to make the decision 
that I am now about to carry a child and I will hope that she can be proud of her mother. Mm. And how can I do that? How can I make sure that she have a sense of happiness that I am her mother is by first directing her to Christ and exemplifying Christ-like mannerisms to her. Mm. So I had to make the effort, the conscious effort of, you know what? I got to change myself. You know, I can't change people. I can't change her father. I can't change the circumstances. Therefore, the only person I'm responsible of changing and transforming is myself. Mm. So I did that. I got into my word. I was more conscious about the music that I was listen, listening to, which I still am. Even the very foods that I was eating, I even changed my whole diet, you know, centered around making sure she still raised and grow up into a healthy environment, especially while she was in the womb. So yes, I changed my habits, my eating habits, my music selections, my music, my movie selections, my ear gates, my eye gates, mm-hmm. anything that I felt that would, would not be conducive for her overall future, holistically, I changed. Yeah. And by me doing that externally, the most important factor is that I changed internally. And I just prayed more. I fasted more. I didn't do necessarily the no food fast, but <laughs> I had other ways that I fasted. Um, I read his word more and I realized something that the more I had gotten closer to God, the easier the burden felt, the easier the burden was Mm -hmm. to carry because I actually wasn't carrying a burden. He ended up carrying it for me. So it it was, it was, you know, people look at my my family, people know my story closely. They say, Shelly, you are a walking miracle because Mm. we just do not know how you made it how you survive in a whole state by yourself with no family close by. I just found friendship with Crystal, thankfully. Yeah. And I didn't have, that was my only support, literally. Mm. I didn't have the family. I didn't have his family. I didn't have him. But most importantly, I had God. And when I can say that God will carry you, he will provide you strength like no other, he most certainly will. I look back at it now and those were superhero powers I had really <laughs> because I had peace literally in the midst of a storm. Wow. I didn't have a happy I didn't have a happy pleasant type of pregnancy, but I definitely had a stress-free pregnancy because I relied on God. The moments that I just felt weak the moments that I just felt like I couldn't bear it anymore, the loneliness, the isolation, the cold-heartedness, my family still stepped in, my my parents, my sister. I, I truly thank God for them because throughout the whole process, they never judged me. They didn't condemn me. They were extremely loving, extremely supportive, always checked in on me, always ensured that my well-being was healthy so I might have been alone in a capacity. Uh, physically, I was alone, but really mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I had such a well-loved environment and community that was mm-hmm. praying and rooting for me every step of the way. So that made the process a lot easier, too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And everything you just said does not sound easy. But you know what? <laughs> like you were saying, you know, the Lord does give you like a supernatural way to carry things where people are like, how is she even smiling right now? That's crazy. So that's, that's beautiful. 
And she mentioned Crystal. That's one of our mutual friends. So that's how I met Shelly. Yes. Um, good stuff. Okay. So can you talk a little bit about like the, the pregnancy and then like soon after that, how that was doing that alone? Yes. Yeah, so the pregnancy, I was alone. And so he, my mother was able to successfully connect with him. And he came around. He actually was there for the delivery okay. purposes. Yes, he was. But that went sour shortly after. Mm. I believe there are uh, external vo- voices that was really discouraging him mm. to be a father. And I think it's so sad, you know, when you see people and you have friends uh, or community that aren't necessarily ready for you to change. Mm. And I truly believe that his environment, the people that he surrounded himself with, didn't want him to change. They didn't want him to turn into the father figure mode, especially considering that he never really was since pregnancy. So they, a lot of people influenced him. And he had mentioned it numerous times. You know, my friends say, you know, my friends say, and I'm like, okay, they're the culprits. Mm. And so, whereas we should have at least, because I wanted to make it clear, once I gotten closer to the Lord, I realized more and more that he wasn't for me, that it wouldn't be healthy in my own best interest and probably for his as well, if we try to continue cultivating a relationship. So... He, he had a clear understanding, you know, that we had a child and that's as far as it's going to go, that we're not going to establish anything romantically, intimately anymore. I learned my lesson and exercise and discernment and wisdom from here on out that I knew that it wouldn't be conducive for me to continue relationship with him. So, yes. Yeah, so he knew that even if he was going to be a father and being a strong father figure in my daughter's life, it wasn't going to lead to anything romantically. And I think that's very important because I was very clear and concise on that. Not in a disrespectful manner, of course, but he still was fully aware that we're just here to try to co-parent the best that we can for the sake of our child. But unfortunately, that still wasn't good enough for him, I should say, or it's something that he still didn't wasn't ready for maybe or didn't mm. desire because uh, shortly after it was m- primarily his parents who was helping me with the daughter, with our daughter. He still was pretty much abandoning, abandoning us and not fulfilling his fatherly fig- responsibilities as he should have. So it, we were just still on a strained relationship. As far as being co-parents, we still weren't able to communicate very well. A lot of built-up anger, resentment, and bitterness, especially on his end. And I truly believe it's because I had continued with the pregnancy of our daughter. Mm. And I had received revelation from God as well during the pregnancy and before that she has a peculiar purpose. And I knew that I wasn't just raising a child. I was raising a kingdom-minded citizen. Mm. So because of that, I refused to abort. And I think ultimately that was the cause of his disdain mm. is that I didn't proceed with fulfilling his desire but not by not uh, aborting our child. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you also were, So you're saying like, yeah, you made a decision. It's not going to be romantic. I hear nope. in my head, I'm like... Many people say that, right? 
People say that all the oh, time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're not going to be together, blah, blah, blah. But how were you actually able to stick to that? What were you telling yourself about you? What did you know about yourself and about your circumstance to actually stick to that? Well, I started getting closer to God. And once I did, I realized how valued I am by God mm. and my worth. You know, I realized that, hey, I'm worth so much to him that he died for me. He redeemed me by the blood of his lamb. And if he died for me, he quite frankly noticed or have a purpose for me. And he, he actually knows that you know, I'm a well-loved daughter of his, and I don't need to go out here making mistakes or trying to find love when I ultimately have love that is on my side, that is with me. His presence is with me. So, yes, I certainly made sure that I practiced what I preached. We didn't do any dates. Her father and I never went out on a date afterwards after he realized that I was pregnant with our child. I didn't send him any type of romantic text messages. I didn't give him mixed signals. I wasn't disrespectful. Of course, I want to keep emphasizing that because I do mm -hmm. think sometimes people go to the extreme. Yeah. Whereas I don't want you, you know, you don't want me. We, you got to be nasty to him. No, you know, I still want to try to make this a peaceful, harmonic environment because after all, we raising a child that unless the Lord says otherwise, we're stuck with each other. So... <laughs> for the sake of the child. So I wanted to make sure that we had pleasantries and continue to just navigate in a sense that we didn't have to be so angry and against each other because discord is against, it's not a part of God's will anyways. And that's pertaining to any situation. God is literally not the author of confusion. Right. So I try my hardest not to be Satan's helper on that as well mm -hmm. by initiating, instigating, um, cultivating any forms of confusion and discord. So, yes, I, I constantly, you know, gave him was respectful to him. But at the same time, we didn't do anything romantically. I, every time I even to this day, any time that well, unfortunately, we got lawyers involved. So it's not as much as <laughs> clear communication as it should be. Mm -hmm. But um, even back then after the pregnancy, if it wasn't pertaining to our daughter, I didn't need him. I didn't summons him. I didn't okay. speak to him. Mm -hmm. If it, and I mean, pertaining to diapers, doctor's appointment. Hey, we got doctor. I have a doctor appointment at this particular date and time. Are you come? Are you willing to come? Yes or no? Um, Hey, you know, just wanting to know she's wearing size three diapers or, um, I noticed a little rash on her. Just make sure you apply this type of ointment that I, the doctor, the pediatrician had um, advised for us to use. So it was very centered around the daughter. And that mm -hmm. was it. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't check in on him. Hey, how you doing? I didn't try to make small talk with him. <laughs> <laughs> didn't invite him to anything that was not related to the daughter. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yes. yeah. And Good for you in doing that because a lot of people don't stick to that, you know. So I think definitely remembering your worth and your value in Christ is a huge thing that keeps us, you know, on the straight and narrow. Um, but as you were talking, you know, about diapers and all those things, it made me start thinking, too. My friend uh, recently got pregnant. I think it was like maybe a year ago. Oh, wow. That's not recent. But um, just talking through her pregnancy, I'm like, how do people do this without a loving partner by their side? Um, and then even like, like the months after, like the pregnancy, you know, that's, that's a day, that's a couple of days, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yes. 
you know, you're, you're, so were you alone even after like taking care of her or did like family come down for a little while? What was that like? Yes, I certainly had my parents and my sister. I cannot emphasize it enough that God will still provide. He will still provide and make provisions for you. And he did so in a manner of my family. They were so supportive. My mom, she stayed by my side uh, even after the pregnancy and the delivery. She stayed with me for at least two months. And then I had maternity leave from work. So I was blessed to go back to Indianapolis just to make sure that, yes, yes. Just to make sure that I was still around such a strong, supportive community Mm -hmm. because, you know, my sister, who is a mother of four, always made sure that mentally I was stable because, of course, her being a mother understood the danger, dangers of postpartum. So. I had people every step of the way who constantly made sure that my welfare was good. Mm -hmm. And then not only my family, but I had joined a church because, you know, even throughout the process, no matter what, I never stopped seeking the face of the Lord. And I think that's important because that was the main component that gave me the strength and the ability to continue in this walk of life. But I joined a church home And that church, I can't emphasize it enough, they were phenomenal Mm. as far as God literally just sent me strangers who I did not know had no type of awareness existed. He sent me them, especially two people particularly, who helped me on the Floridian side, because Mm. my family from Indiana on the Floridian side, he sent them here as literally my angels to help raise my daughter too. And before, before you knew it, before you know it, I just, people start coming. God start adding more people. God start uh, causing the intersection of my life to collide with other people that were extremely loving and helpful to help me raise my daughter. Then another person helped me raise my daughter and they were, uh, they're healthy, they're loving, they're kind, they're amazing. And another person. So the whole time I was somewhat little apprehensive and timid because I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm about to be back here in Florida when I mm-hmm. leave from my family in Indiana. I'm about to be by myself. I'm about to be all by my own. God knew. Like my ram in the bush, he sent me these people like a ram in the bush with Abraham. And till this day, I don't want for nothing in Florida. Mm-hmm. I have such a strong family. I don't even see them as, oh, they're my church family or they're my daughter's God grandparents, because two the two people they're elderly. No, he sent me them, and they're literally like my family. I don't see any separation thereof, as mm. if we're not. You know, they pray with me, they fast with me, they help me raise my daughter. It days that I can't continue raising her, or no, I'm sorry, I can't continue to watch her for whatever parent reasons. Maybe it's appointments, or I just need some various assistance. They are there. And not only are they there, but I trust them Mm. because I know they have the heart of the Lord inside of them. And he's just been doing that for me. Even her daycare, you know, I was concerned about where I was going to place her for the daycare because circumstances had arise between me and the father again, just not able to come in agreement about it. And they pretty much 
told me if it wasn't their way, it's the highway, you know, only because I didn't want to have a daycare that was closer to their home because he still lives an hour away from me. Mm-hmm. So I needed a daycare that was closer to my job or at least to my home since I have her the majority of the time. But God made a way. He made a way, whereas he again, he, he intervened and the daycare, the family, the daycare family, the, the workers, the employees, I don't even see them as my daughter's daycare workers or mm-hmm. um, sitters or teachers. I'm sorry, that's the better word. Teacher. No, they're family. So I've I just been blessed. And that's what's really been sustaining me, keeping me with a very positive outlook of it through this all. It's because despite of this ordeal, I have literally seen the hand of the Lord manifesting in my life and that he has provided me with every single thing that I needed Mm -hmm. to ensure that my daughter and I would not be quote unquote single. And I think that's another thing that's so important that single moms is literally that type of terminology and phrase and description are for women who are single and don't have much sources or resources or assistance. But in every aspect, I'm not single because I have so many people surrounding me who is helping me, who is ensuring that we raise this daughter of ours <laughs> into the likeliness into, and also in the image of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And I think that change of mindset too is helpful. Like, yes, I might be single in the romantic term, but I have right. people that are loving me and loving my daughter well. So you don't even have to keep that mindset. That's awesome. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So say, go ahead. I think I'm be single too long either you know god has given god has given me insight he has given me revelation that the man of god he will be he is here um i'm not dating yet but i was just i'm just saying i know that god has a helpmate for me amen yes and i know eventually some on his timing not in a rush at all but my husband and i we will be able to engage and conduct ourselves in a covenant marital matter that will glorify our God. Amen. And I believe you. That's the way you said it. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, and can you remind me how old she is now? She's a year. Okay. Yeah, so it's been a whole year. It's been a whole year. She's actually 15 months. So Okay. Yes. All right. So what would you say kind of looking back um, to the girl or I guess girls that may be going through a similar situation that you were a year ago? What do you think you'd want to tell them? What do you think you want them to hear? That is certainly not the end of the world. I know sometimes, first of all, there is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. So forgive yourself because we always speak about the forgiveness of Jesus but we don't forgive ourselves sometimes mm-hmm. too. And that is a burden that we're, it was never meant for us to, to, to carry. So forgive yourself, love yourself. We make mistakes. People make mistakes. The beautiful thing about mistakes though, is that there's repentance and that you can walk away completely permanently from ever making that mistake again. <laughs> so I highly encourage that. And also you know, sex outside of marriage is really not worth it. You know, I know that 
society. There's such a hypersexuality crusade going on right now, whereas people love to just be camp, just campaign for sex, 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 sex. There's so many other great things you can do, partake in that is more resourceful, edifying, that is more helpful versus just creating a whole lot of soul ties and emotional bonding with people that is not meant to proceed in your destiny. So definitely just take some time and wait on the Lord. Even if, you know, unfortunately the pregnancy had arise and you are in a similar situation as I was, who was at the time very single (laughs) by myself, rely on Jesus. Because he said in his word that he will never leave you, nor will he ever forsaken you. And he is with you. And I realized something. If you invite God into your life, he will lean into you as well. You know, sometimes we just want to isolate ourselves completely, even from God, you know, and and just a simple crying out prayer to him, asking him, inviting him to take over your storm, to fight your battle, to help give you peace and clarity. He will do just that. So what really helped me, and I will hope it will help encourage other women too, especially in similar shoes as I was, lean into God, seek his presence. I prayed, I fasted, I genuinely, intentionally sought his will, sought his voice. Uh, I always spoke to him. I was talking to God as if I'm talking to you. You know, I never made it seem as if i did such a terrible thing that I couldn't go back to him. I I never made it seem as if, as if he stopped loving me because of what I have done. You know, no, I, I literally made sure that I pressed into him. And because I did that, he pressed into me, but be, to be truthful, he had already pressed into me a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to do things my own way. (laughs) So I just, I reunited, I reconnected. I really gave my life, over to him Mm -hmm. and say, you know what, Lord, you take control over my life. I surrender myself to you. I give up my will, my power to you because I realized something that the more I thought I knew what I was doing was right, quote unquote, the more mistakes I actually was engaging in Mm -hmm. and regrets. Mm -hmm. So seek him, seek him. He, and our father is such a loving father. I can see him now with open arms, you know, waiting for you to return to him, waiting for you to, to speak to him, waiting for you to yearn for him after him. And that's exactly what I did. And I'm so grateful that I did because it was literally the best decision I could ever make for myself was Mm -hmm. returning to the will of the Lord that, you know, just like my dog, I went out of that fence, but unfortunately he didn't, he never was able to return but I had a chance and whereas I did mm-hmm. and I, I'm not looking back at all. I'm not making any that mistake again for sure, but I'm just continuing trusting and having faith and believing and walking with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And I feel like your story is just the epitome of like when you honor God, he'll honor you. You didn't like yes. decide to run away from him after this happened. So And like, I just keep thinking of David too. Like when you honor the Lord, he will honor you regardless of what decision you've ever made. You can always come back to Christ. And maybe your mom didn't treat you that way or your father didn't treat you that way or other people haven't treated you that way. It's because we serve a God who is not like no other. He's completely different than anybody you've ever met. 
and he will receive you with open arms, like Shelly said. So run to him and your story can look very similar to Shelly's where the Lord showers blessings on you. You're not forsaken. There is truly no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I know that sounds crazy in this world, but yes. he is not holding it against you. He's not holding it against you. And remember, we all out here sinning, okay? You are not yeah. the only one. You just, you know, you just made a decision uh, of a sin that is more outward, that we can see you walking around with that sin. But there are so many other sins that other people are walking around with that you have no clue yeah. about. Um, so I think just yeah. like normalizing the fact, not to say that you should be sinning, but you're not the only one out here. And God forgives you um, just as much as he does the next person. <laughs> Can I also, I just want to make sure I just quote this scripture. Of course. Because this scripture also helped me as well. Mm-hmm. And that is from 2 Corinthians 12 through 10. I'm sorry, 12 verse 10. Um, the Amplified version. It says, so I am well pleased with weakness, with insults, with distress, with persecutions and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. And that's exactly what I did. And I pray that women like myself who are going through similar shoes just draw from his strength. I can't emphasize that enough. Draw from his strength. You are able, he's able to carry your load, your burden. Just give it to him. That stress, that anxiety, the constant pondering on the mind of the situation. It doesn't do you or your child, your family any good if you're just constantly bombarded with heaviness. Mm-hmm. Give it to him. Give yeah. it to him, pray about it, and leave it to him. And you know what? I don't know. I just thought about this too. There may be people listening who are the result of a single mother. So is there anything that you want to say to them? Yes. As the result of a single mother, you know, I know so many people that done extremely well with their lives by through the a single motherhood, that family dynamic. And I know people can too. You know, sometimes we use clutches, I think, in society that we want to victimize ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I was part of this environment. I didn't have a two-parent home. Or one of my, the, the, the man that I just literally admire the most is, again, my apostle. And he will tell you he is a product of a single mom that he never had a father figure to raise him. And even the men around him who did raise him were extremely destructive. Mm. They encouraged him to partake as a gangbanger. They wanted to make sure he was tough and mean. And so he never had really a good, healthy male figure role model presented in front of him. But that still didn't stop him from being remarkable, being a remarkable man of God. And that's the same way with someone who's a product of single motherhood, you can still be all that God called you to be. You can be all that God created you to be. You can fulfill your purpose. You can fulfill your destiny and your assignment. And you can even do it so well that he can say, well done, my faithful servant, Hmm. when the life ends. So I don't, I hope that people literally, even my child, you know, if she continues on with the family structure and dynamics that is set before her, we cannot allow that to intervene and get in the way of 
our fulfillment in this world. Mm -hmm. You know, look to try to find positive male figures if you don't have one to try to encourage you to so that you can model and exemplify from. And I will always say the ultimate best role model is Jesus Christ himself. And thankfully, too, we have the Holy Spirit that he, you know, if you ask and you seek and you want and try to find the Holy Spirit, I'm almost certain he can give it to you. He will give it to you. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit is another way that will help you and comfort you and train you and teach you and guide you on how you should conduct yourself in this life as well. So, yeah, try to find uh, great male figures godly male figures as well. And, you know, like I said, don't allow that to, to get in the way to intercede on the fact that you still cannot be a remarkable, amazing, God-fearing, great person in this life. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely all true about you. The same value that Shelly has found for herself is true for you as well. Um, and as you were talking, I'm thinking like, we are all raised by a village. Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, our Heavenly Father. Like, literally, as you're speaking, I'm like, wow, that is our village. Like, we can take with us wherever we go. So I hope that that is encouraging to you guys as well, just to know, like, you can speak to uh, your Heavenly Father. He is with you. He's everything that, you know, your father or whatever, whoever in your life hasn't been able to be for you, he is that. Um, And, like, learning who Jesus learning Jesus' character, reading the Bible and learning what kind of man that he was on this earth and being able to um, embody those characteristics. Because even if you're a girl and you're the product of a single parent household, you can still embody the characteristics of Christ being um, loving, kind, patient, uh, self-controlled. There are so many things that you can put on um, that Christ has given you. And the Holy Spirit is literally with you guiding you throughout your life. So you have everything you need um, in the Trinity. So uh, that's kind of what I just thought about too. And man, you're good. You're completely uh, well-equipped. So just wanted to add that as well. His name is Rabbi, teacher for a reason. Hallelujah. Jaira. Rafa, we're going to name all his names. Hallelujah. (laughs) Comforter, protector, provider. (laughs) Yes, he is. So thank yeah. you so much again, Shelly, for coming on and talking about this. I really, really feel like this will help a decent amount of people. So thank you for being willing to come on here. And and I know as Christians, we, as we should, we give a lot of credit to the Lord, but um, there's a part to play in this too, where we do turn back to Christ. And I want to honor you in making that decision and being honest about just taking accountability for what you did do, but also pointing back to Christ. So just want to give you your flowers as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're right. It's be a blessing to someone. Yes, and I believe it will. All right, guys. So as you know, you can follow the parallel at the parallel pod on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Remember to kiss the sun and speak the truth in love. I'll be talking to you guys soon. Bye.